Hello and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me tonight, as always, is U Street. Hey y'all. Well, despite uh, Street's exciting hey y'all, this was not an exciting football game. Uh, the Gophers beat the South Dakota State Jackrabbits 28-21. to And I think calling it ugly would probably be an understatement. <laughs> um, frustrating game. Street, I'm just going to turn it over to you to start here and get some initial thoughts. I, frustrating is, is the least of it. I This is probably the worst game that I've watched uh, a team that I support win in a very long time. I think that it would be fair to say that at some point during the second half, all of the sheen that was on Joe Rossi as the sort of magical Christmas present of defensive coordinator, having had such a nice run at the at the beginning of last year, completely wore off. Now, whether or not uh, you can buff that back and, and get it to something lovely unclear, but that was a miserable defensive coordinator coordination effort. I recognize that one of and i'll talk about this in a second but i recognize that obviously you want to keep the playbook vanilla the same thing is true on offense i get that you're trying to keep the playbook vanilla and it's always tough to do things when half of your offensive line and it's an open question like fun roll of the dice which side is which is going to just collapse on every given play but that was a really poorly coordinated game it was a poorly coached game a lot of missed tackles a lot of other difficulties to do sort of basic fundamental football tasks that honestly the team is not that young anymore a lot of returning starters a lot of reasons to still incidentally be excited about the rest of the season but that was a that was a horrific horrific game and just basic breakdowns things that you can sort of excuse perhaps in the first half of a game for example the consistent lack of the ability to set the edge on defense sure first half you're gonna have run fit misses you're gonna have problems you're gonna have miscommunications but on the final drive that South Dakota State has prior to the defense stepping up and having a really solid last four downs Thomas Barber had to scream at I think basically half of his defense to get into a play call and a play set and he had to do this as the ball was being snapped and that's just unacceptable from from a from a preparation standpoint now there are a lot of reasons why the key one obviously it's week one and the second one is they're playing an fcs team and i am sure that this is yet another one of those games for which people who support south dakota state in which case you know more power to you there's nothing else to do in south dakota so hey get on with your bad self are going to suggest that this in some way is a explanation for why South Dakota State like you know really deserves to play so, and it's not these are the absolute worst kind of games for an FBS team to play I don't know why the Gophers play them I fundamentally don't and it's not just because South Dakota State happens to be a decent football team which sure they're a decent football team for the FCS the Gophers are a Big Ten football team who has an influx of a lot of talent and expect to make some kind of noise this year if you are an optimist even if you're a pessimist it doesn't matter when Glenn Mason was winning what like five games or whatever he still blew out the crap FCS teams if you're a Big Ten team you were supposed to win this game easily with no difficulty whatsoever it doesn't matter if it's week one week four week 12 whatever you're supposed to put the hammer down with win this game immediately and there is no in my view there is no salvaging that by saying like oh well they're a really good fcs team who cares you're supposed to be a really good big 10 football team 
you should always win that. But the detriment of playing these particular games is that as much as you're going to prepare, there's a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of unknowns for your own team, and the playbook is going to be so unbelievably constrained. I would be shocked, like legitimately shocked, if Kirk Sharaka called more than 12 different plays. And I'm sure there probably is, but in terms of the base things that the Gophers are running, basically same, like, you know, remember the Titans, but bad. Six plays like Novocaine, except, you know, I don't know, the root canal doesn't work, and so you have to go do it again. At the end, the fact that at some point during, after the Gophers score to make it 28-21, that... I, I think it was one of our one of our vlog terror, I think it was uh, Wildcat said, oh no, they've left them too much time against South Dakota State. <laughs> it's not great. Not 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 a not a great first week. The specific thing that I am frustrated about as a fan and also someone who appreciates the passing game. Rashad Bateman, who I suspect we'll probably touch on. I think we can probably just say now, unified Necton of the week, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, guaranteed. I mean, is there there is no other choice available. So also, he would have won it in a week where there were 17 other choices available. Tyler Johnson dropped two balls. Uh, the bad Tyler drops returned in week one, which is unfortunate. But he's only targeted th- uh, four times, right? Uh, sounds about right. Yeah, the yeah. two drops, two catches. Tyler Johnson's going to make money on Sundays next year, presuming he's the talent to do that. And if he has a really good season, he potentially has the talent to be uh, either, uh, I don't know how the draft works, but certainly within the top three rounds. Is that still day one, or are they trying to turn it into like a full week and a half extravaganza? Uh, it's First round is day one, rounds two and three are day two, everything else is day three. All right, has the chance to be a day two draft pick. You can't target the dude only four times. And if the whole premise is, well, South Dakota State is converging in such a way that he can't get open, then somebody else should be wide the hell open all the time. Or move the guy around, and it's like, get your playmakers in space with the ball. You can do that in the most vanilla package possible. Of course, to be fair to our our offensive coordinator, difficult to do that, again, when you're rolling the dice every single play to find out which half of the offensive line is going to have a massive breakdown. Curtis Dunlap, uh, the most freshman of freshman games. So hopefully he will be better. Um, Sam Schluter, again, had, I would say, a hit or miss performance. At a certain point in the second half, he was being pretty regularly shielded by a tight end. Jake Paulson, who last year played generally quite well and was a good blocker, missed a several wham blocks. Things like that. I mean, basic week one problems. It just so happens to come against a garbage team that the Gophers made look substantially better than they actually are. And I'm sure they might go very far in the FCS. Again, it is the FCS. If we were playing, I don't know, some team out of the swack and they did this, no one would be like, oh, well, you know, they're a really good team. They're going to really challenge for the swack this year. I can't even name a swack team. Well, it used to be Grambling and Co. Southern. So I, now that you've said their names, I still can't name a swack team. Honestly, I'm disappointed that you don't know Grambling. 
I mean, I know Grambling. I didn't know Grambling was in the swack. I knew Grambling as Grambling, not Grambling swack, former swack powerhouse. Uh, well, I mean, not only just former former powerhouse. I mean, this is how bad this game was. We're I'm legitimately considering diving into the history of Eddie Robinson, one of the greatest football coaches of all time. Who I'm also aware of. Again, not aware that they were in the swag. Yeah, man. Collegiate, <laughs> Collegiate Athletic Conference, headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm reading Wikipedia to you just so you can have this knowledge for yourself. Here are some teams that are in the swack. Oh my God, we're going down to the swack rabbit hole. Yeah, Alcorn State, Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, Grambling, Prairie View A&M, Southern. Obviously, if Grambling is in this conference, so is Southern. Excellent game to watch at the end of the year if you have the ability to do so. If not even for the football, which will probably be bad, but for the bands, because the bands are incredible. And you know what? If they had just decided in the Minnesota-South Dakota State game to just turn the camera on the University of Minnesota marching band for the second half, probably would have been fine with it. Would have been a better product. And of course... Texas Southern University. All of those teams are in the swack. And if the Gophers had a similar kind of performance against any of them, there would be absolutely no claim whatsoever about like, oh, well, you know, they're kind of like a good swack team. It's equivalent. This is a. This is a. It's good to get a win to get out of there. That's all wonderful. Uh, very, very happy about that. It's much easier to teach when you're one and zero than when you're zero and one. But who boy. I'm actually, I'm- I'm gonna. So you've 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 hand you've handled the ranting for me. I think I'm gonna go and I'll, I'll take the every cosign everything Street just said, and then just a couple quick reminders. The first, interestingly enough, is while I hate that Fox bothered to give Urban Meyer money to set up his, you know, I'm soon going to be coaching USC. Like I thought it was Notre Dame. Bre- it doesn't matter. He's going to take this year breather and go coach somewhere else. And he's an asshole. Uh, that aside, he did make exactly the same point you did. And I think it, you could tell it was one of those things that it was like a coach saying from experience, this is how this goes. You play this badly in a game and you win, it makes it a lot easier for you to slap your, metaphorically, slap your players upside the head and go, see, maybe do the things we've been talking about you don't have to look like fools on national television next week. That's easier to say when you're at Ohio State and, you know, them paying attention is the bigger problem, not, you know, do you have a left tackle yet? Um, but still, I think it holds. There's an opportunity here for Minnesota to clean up what's wrong. If they do not clean up what is wrong, we're going to have some problems. Right now, this is, I think, the phrase I used in my recap was this is frustrating but it's not final but that's not to say that things are okay because they're not it just means the team has an opportunity to continue to improve if they do so things can be better I mean Northwestern while I would say was only mediocre all year improved from the stuff they were doing wrong at the beginning of the year and ended up winning the Big Ten West after going eight and one in Big Ten play. So you don't have to play great to start your season to finish your season strong, but that only counts if you fix what's going wrong. And that's that's the, that's the struggle, and that's what 
the staff has to come up with is is a way to fix what's been going wrong. So if you're jumping off a ledge, don't. That's not me saying this is a great game. That's not me saying this isn't frustrating or that you shouldn't be frustrated because, I mean, you heard Street. We're all frustrated. Like, <laughs> I'm only not doing the frustrated rant because Street did a good one and I don't need to like sound bad at it compared to him. But still one game. Minnesota won the game. If they had lost this game, I would pretty much just be fine with anybody doing whatever they wanted if short of burning down things. Give yourself a breather. Enjoy some football on Saturday. And, you know, next week's a road game against Fresno State, and we'll see how it goes. On worst-case scenario, the Bayou Classic is on Saturday, November 30th at 4 p.m. You can book your tickets now. So if if they don't clean anything up and you want to decide, like, maybe I need a new football team or a cool combination of football teams with dope bands, that is also an option. (laughs) Actually, that's on my bucket list, if I'm honest. There are are a number of... um, college football experiences that are on my bucket list and getting down south to watch uh, two teams with amazing bands uh, from, I mean, any SWAC or or, uh, heading out more towards the Atlanta area. I don't really care which. Um, I want to watch a game that where I don't care about the football. I care about the bands. So that's, that's high on my bucket list actually. I think it'd be kind of fun actually to do a, a take a whole week off in between two weekends and pack in like two entirely different experiences the traditional uh smaller school uh historically black uh college and university uh great band game along with an sec game i feel like just bookend the two experiences yeah, and even in the absolute worst nightmare of both of those games, you don't actually care about the outcome. So for you, they would be fine. I would say if you are a casual observer or someone who may be in a state for which gambling is legalized, potentially this game was either really great or really heartbreaking for you. If you bet against the spread, pretty great. But I think if you were a casual fan, this game kind of had all the things that you wanted to have. It technically... It didn't didn't technically have this, but should have because it was kind of a weak hold. Had a kick return touchdown. It had a pick six. It had multiple interceptions. It had a really stupid fumble. It had a couple. Uh, it had the incredible catch by Rashad Bateman. So you had your unbelievable highlight for the rest of the season sort of play. Went down to the final drive. Man, that that game that game had everything. That's a Stefan Club. Of a shit football game. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just happy we won. That's at the end of it, like, they won. I would have settled for they won several times last season when they most certainly did not win. Always being able to say, well, they won, will be superior to the uh, alternative every single time. Yeah, to be clear, I'm totally fine for Blake and Andy to have near cardiac arrest incidents every single week of the year if we go undefeated. I'm completely willing to make that trade. (laughs) Yeah, given uh, that the blog's uh, uh, health 
plan is non-existent, they should probably try not to do that to themselves. But you know, to to close and looking ahead to to next week because next week is is Fresno State. There are a couple of good things that I think you take away from this game. Obviously, everything that you mentioned earlier, you have the opportunity to clean things up. But the second thing that is I think particularly good is yes, yes, it's true. The Philly special is now on film for other teams to watch that possible two-point conversion. And yes, the fact that Minnesota had to bust out the Philly special against South Dakota State is not great. So the thing is, when they play Fresno State, they will have a week of film on Fresno State. That is super helpful. One of the things that P.J. Fleck did say in his pre-game sort of big press conference was that one of the challenges about week one is you have to kind of feel out the other team for a quarter. I would suggest that Minnesota never quite figured out that feeling out period. It's not great on that front. But a difficulty is you don't actually know what they're going to run. You have some general ideas, of course, but they can break things out in the offseason. Things are new. You put new things on film. Fresno State, they played last year, so they have more film than they do against South Dakota State already, but they'll also get a week of film. And I expect that the meeting rooms are going to be very attentive this week, shall we say. I think the Gophers are a much better team than what they put out on, a product, on both the offense and defensive sides of the ball. The one thing that I would look for in for the season going forward that really is going to kind of matter is whether or not you see improvement on the on the trenches on both sides of the ball. The offensive line has to play a lot better. Curtis Dunlap was a highly regarded recruit. A lot of great things have been said about him. I don't expect that he's going to have a similarly miserable performance in week two that he had against week one. I think he and Falalele will have better communication. Brian Callahan and the off and Kirk Sharaka and various offensive coordinators who get in a room together have to make a determination with how they want to protect some of their offensive line a little bit because that was not wonderful. On the defensive side of the ball, the Govers need to be able to generate more of a front four pass rush. I suspect that in week two, Joe Rossi will be more willing to unleash blitzes than he was in in week one but still those are the things that i think you should pay attention to as long as they're improving from a game to game basis of course win all the non-conference games but as a secondary goal watch to see if those improve because if those improve tanner morgan is going to have more time and since apparently every pass route that's in minnesota's playbook now takes 12 seconds it is imperative that he has time go sign all of it all right well on the way to Fresno State, we will have, of course, next week's edition of the SkyU Podcast, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, everyone have a safe, happy, and fun Labor Day weekend. Go Gophers. SkyU Ma. Row the boat. <laughs>